So hi everyone, um, we're joined today by Rob Levin from RSL Media to talk with us about marketing um, business to small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, so Rob, uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us today to talk about influencer marketing for uh, with SMBs. Uh, to tell us a bit about yourself and what's RSL Media all about? Sure. So uh, first, a little bit about myself. Actually, I started my career as a CPA. That's an accountant, uh, chartered accountant on your side of the pond. Uh, then I became a CFO and a CEO uh, in a few different businesses. And then in 2003, I just started, decided to start my own business. Uh, it was called the New York Enterprise Report. It was the media, media company that served the New York area small business market. And I started it because at the time, I, having you know been a CFO and a CEO in a, in a few different businesses, I was always looking for best practices. And I just didn't find anything good out there. I, I didn't find that the media was doing a good job of getting real expertise. So I started the New York Enterprise Report. It was a magazine. We did a lot of events every year. Uh, of course, we had website and webinars and all of that stuff. And within a few years, we had uh, a readership of over 100,000 uh, business owners and executives. And uh, we attracted a lot of the top brands as advertisers and sponsors. Uh, that was all fantastic. Of course, the media business uh, got, got a little bit more challenging as time went on. And in 2014, we sold our media operations, keeping our content marketing operations. And we had been doing content marketing projects for many different big brands. Uh, of course, back then it wasn't even called content marketing. It was, I think it was called custom publishing and, and custom events. Uh, so what we do, RSL Media, what we do is we create programs that attract, engage, nurture, convert and retain small businesses. And we, are, we do this for our clients who are typically some of the bigger brands out there. Companies like SAP Concur, Charter Communications, GoDaddy, and over the years, many, many, uh, many, many other co uh, companies in many different categories. And so you've also got them as part of this, the Speak SMB side. How does that fit in? Right, so speaksmb.com is something we started, I think it was earlier this year, where we were creating really a hub of content for um, executives, uh, both marketing, uh, sales, could even be product development that are that are selling and marketing to small businesses. And it's basically insights, uh, interviews with executives uh, that are that are in this market, uh, best practices, etc. So it's it's really our our content arm, if you will. Okay. And then I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff out there on, on marketing in the B two B space, but your focus is on B to SMB. And can you tell us a little bit about what, why did you want to ha add those extra letters in? When, is, is it really that different that it requires its own sort of category? And what are the main differences um, from, from your point of view? It's entirely different in so many different ways. And I'll go down a, a brief list and I think it'll illustrate uh, why pretty clearly. So first of all, look, every, everybody in, in business is dealing with disruption, right? Digitalization. You have disruption even in HR when it comes to the changing workforce. There are so many different things that uh, businesses are facing. When you're a small business, uh, even a mid-sized business, you're dealing with, and like, look at a business owner in particular, you're dealing with disruption in every area and usually you don't have a team of experienced people to help you deal with it. So massive amounts of disruption right now. Uh, again, very different than the way enterprise companies are dealing with it. Uh, which is they have a lot of people. In a small business, you have one, you know, a few people wearing, wearing several hats. So that's a big difference. Uh, also, if you look at the way 
a small business buys, uh, there is it's entirely different than a big business. A big business has a procurement uh, department, right? Uh, they're professional buyers. Small businesses are not professional buyers. And in fact, with small businesses, they, they often don't know what they don't know. So they don't know what's out there. They don't know what solutions are out there. They don't know um, what some of the options are that they can use to deal with disruption, as well as the other day-to-day opportunities and challenges of, of running a business. And when you combine all of that, along with the general business and everybody's kind of doing a million things at a small business, then you start to realize why the, the, uh, the business journey uh, for a small business is anything but linear. Mm. It, it kind of, you know, if you imagine you're, if you have any kids, you know, <laughs> yeah. scribbling on a piece of paper, there you have the, the small business buying journey. So obviously marketing and, uh, and selling to uh, the small business is quite a challenge for, for all, of the, uh, all of those reasons. On top of that, because of all of those things, small businesses really require simplicity, whereas an enterprise company um, might really want uh, all the possible different features and benefits. Uh, a small business may want some of them, but simplicity is really, really important. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I've been uh, here at Analytica. We're, we're focusing on influencer marketing and helping clients of all sorts of sizes and B two B and B two C work with influencers to help them with their marketing activities. But um, what about this in the B two SMB space? How, how have you worked with influencers in the work and the stuff that you're doing? And, uh, yes. and how's it has it worked out? Gotcha. Sorry, I'm just gonna pull it up here. Um, so uh, we've been we actually back when we had our media company we kind of created influencers um, because we really believe in going to the expert so even if we're using professional writers uh, we want the, our writers going to actual experts people are working with business owners day in and day out now some of these people are um, and, and also we use experts to byline articles obviously putting them through a pretty big editorial filter now the big question is, is what's the difference between an expert and an influencer? So there are certainly plenty of small business influencers out there. Yeah, I'm sorry? Is, is there a difference? It, it, that's, yeah. I, that's a good question. I, and, you know, you guys are in the influencer world. I'd love to know what you think. From our perspective, what we're looking for most of the time is we're looking for what we would consider micro-influencers. These are not the influencers with huge followings. But these are the influencers with the real expertise, and they typically have a small, uh, a small following. Okay. Um, so again, we call them more micro influencers. They are very important to what we do because there's so much content out there right now for small businesses that it's really important to get that content that what we say changes the POV, changes the point of view of the reader. And the only way to get that content, not have that same stuff that's being published out there is to work with real experts. And sometimes, does it, does it matter more that the influencers you're working with fit the, the target audience so that they can <coughs> empathize with them? Because you know, if they've got a, someone who's working a, in a small business and they're an expert on a certain aspect of, of marketing or sales in a small business, then they might not have you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, but they're gonna be more relevant to the audience that you want to work with because they actually fit their, their persona of the target audience rather than being some mega influencer who's detached from the, the day-to-day of the struggles of a B2B marketer in a small business. Yeah, that's exactly right. And because again, we want that, we want, we want to deliver that content for our clients that's really going to make an impact on the small business. 
And look, there are a few really big influencers in the small business space um, that, that, that know their stuff. Uh, but again, when you really want the detail, to me, it's the, it's the function, uh, it's the expertise over the size of their, their following. That, that'll trump every day, yeah. uh, no, no pun intended. Um, uh, so that's what's really important to us, that these people really, they either work in a small business or they're working with them daily. And, and our job is to make sure that we're extracting really the, their, their absolute best practices when we're producing content for our clients. Yeah. And then in terms of the actual buying cycle, because I, I know I'm looking at some of the content on the uh, Speak SMB site that right. you need to think about the different stages of the buying cycle and how to customize your content and the marketing for that. But what about influencers? I mean, should you think differently about influencer engagement depending on where in the buying cycle you're, you're trying to target your marketing efforts? Sure, I'll tell you how we, how we look at this. Mm. Um, first of all, it, it, experts are really the core of where we get the ideas for our content and, and the actual and the content itself, right? But there's other sources, of course. There's the there's company internal subject matter experts, and this will vary by company. Uh, there's customers of the company, which to to us are really a huge opportunity for uh, for a lot of companies. By the way, some of them are actually influencers. So if you think about the buying journey at the t at the top of the buying early stages of the buying process, what do you have? You have people who are really Sorry, you have content that is really a little bit more general. It's certainly tied into what the company itself does, uh, but you're not, you're kind of further removed from the content. That's a great place. That is an excellent place to use uh, these influencers or subject matter experts, uh, whichever term you want to use. That's a great place to do that. Uh, as you're getting closer to the middle of the buying journey, then we're going to start to bring in some more internal subject matter experts. And it can, again, this will vary by company, right? Because now we're, when somebody's in that middle part of the buying journey, they are starting to be interested. They're, they're now past the idea and they're starting to look into a solution, which, which could, could be our client's product. And in this case, we might want to bring in some internal subject matter experts still using some, some external subject matter experts. We also want to bring in, and this continues as the buying uh, journey is going down to the later stages, we then want to bring in, if possible, we want to bring in customers. Why? Because customers represent that social proof. Because business owners, small businesses love to see what other businesses are doing, right? That's really important to a small business. They want to know, well, if it worked for this company, particularly if it's in my industry, I at least have more comfort. So we want to, we're probably using the influencers a little less at the end of the, of the buying process and certainly a lot more, and at the end, we're using a little bit more, and again, this will vary by customer, we're, we're leaning a little bit more towards the internal subject matter expert at our clients, as well as customers. Okay, so you work with the influencers more at the start to actually just grab the attention, and as the the buyer goes through the consideration and final decision stages, they, they've moved beyond that, you've got their attention, that's when they want to hear from a, a real customer or, a, or a, someone who's an expert, and They've already just, they've kind of qualified them to that point that they're, they're relevant for them. The, the, the influencers are more involved at the beginning stage just to get their attention in the first place to get on their radar. That's right. That's right. And again, these are these are general uh, concepts. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, and also, so you talk, you've talked about the importance of uh, B2B SMB uh, brands building an audience. Um, but, but how then do influencers fit into that wider building of the audience? So. 
uh, obviously you talked about now the influencers helping with that initial attention stage but then how do you kind of keep them engaged if they're not at that stage when they want to buy but you just want to continue to nurture that that wider base of potential customers who might be you know getting into the buying process later on right right well let's take a step back and, and think about why is it important for a brand to, to build an audience right so if you think about how a brand typically is is marketing typically uh, they are you know their messaging is typically for those people that are ready to buy. If you're not ready to buy, then an offer is really not going to be helpful. Yeah. Now, think about that while you think about the fact that most research shows that for a company's, of a company's target market, only about 3% are ready to buy today. Hmm. That's 97% of companies that are not ready to buy today, but might be buyers at some point in the future. Yeah. So, and it's a more That's right. And when you, when you, um, when you think about also the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of, of conventional advertising today, it, it's really critical now for brands to start building their own audience, almost to be, in a sense, like their own publisher or their own media company, right? Where it's really about how do we serve this audience? And who, who's in that audience? Well, who's in that audience is, uh, it, it's, it's sort of like a community. It's customers, it's prospects. It's certainly gonna be, if if you're doing things right, it's these experts, these micro-influencers um, that you want that are providing this insight into this into this audience. This is the, uh, the, the excuse me, the, um, the consistent content that a media company or a publisher is always putting out there. Um, so I think influencers are a very big part of, of, of building an audience because really where is the expertise going to come from? Yeah. In some companies, they have really strong internal subject matter experts. The challenge that a lot of companies have is that the internal subject matter experts are often very product-centric. And you can't be product-centric when you're building an audience because the the subject the, the small business doesn't start out looking for a product in a lot of cases. They start looking for ideas in how they can deal with their opportunities and challenges. And that's where these external subject matter experts or influencers can really uh, make a big impact because, again, they're the ones working with small businesses every day. Yeah, I'd say you know, from our point of view, working with various different companies to build influencer marketing programs, there, there's, I think, a, an awareness that uh, B2B marketers need to develop content for uh, an ongoing uh, an ongoing audience building program and they may just be kind of drip feeding content from time to time just to stay you know, front of people's minds so that when they do start going into a, a, in a buying process they're, they're more likely to engage with them because they're, they're familiar with what the brand's about what their offering is and so there's that long on, long term ongoing content creation piece but then as part of that if influencers are going to be in the mix there needs to be also a thought about uh, not, not just developing the audience, but developing a, a network, developing a community so that there's a pool of influencers ready to, to help you if you do have some big piece of content that you want to push out. Um, and that you're not just then sending like an email um, push out to uh, prospects who might have signed in to receive email alerts um, or just people who are following your own channels, but then you've got a wider distribution network of, of influencers who can promote your latest guide or white paper or event um, so have you, I mean, I just want to, you know, if, if that's also featured as part of the work that you're doing with clients is to not only have this audience development strategy, but actually developing an influencer community, or is, is that something that 
is still very sort of new for people to think of that? It's well, first of all, the concept of building an audience is still relatively new. There's a mm. few companies that have done it. Yeah. Um, uh, open form from American Express is, is one example. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, and they've actually started doing it over about 10 years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um, but there's very few companies that are really doing this now, and it's really a, a new concept. Uh, that said, I can go back 10 years ago, nearly 10 years ago, when we were working with Constant Contact, uh, back when they were the dominant uh, uh, email marketing uh, player uh, for small businesses, yeah. at least at least in the, in the U.S., and we developed a program for them where... Uh, and this was after a couple of years of, of doing events of marketing directly to small businesses. We wanted to bring in the marketing consultants that are working with small businesses. And this was a very, very powerful program for Constant Contact that they actually, we did it for them in the, in the New York tri-state area. They actually rolled some of this out throughout the country. And the idea was, is that who are the people working with small businesses on the marketing? Well, these are the people we want to bring into the conversation and we want to engage them for constant contact. And uh, it was a very, very successful program uh, because they, they were getting their expertise, mm -hmm. they're getting exposure, and again, when, you know, when they're involved, when somebody's getting published by a brand that's got a big audience, right? Well, they're going to tell their, their network about yeah. it. So it's, uh, it's just a, you know, it, it just makes sense all around. I think one thing that also works really well is if working with uh, an expert and co-creating content has helped them build their own personal brand because they've got not only a, a platform, you know, so there's, there's a brand they're helping them promote their own work and their, uh, their expertise, etc. But there's also just maybe a, I think sometimes you have these experts who just haven't actually developed the discipline of getting the expertise out of their head into content form. And so sometimes when a brand comes along and says, hey, do you want to do something with us? It actually encourages them to you know, write a blog post, which they wouldn't have otherwise done, or to do a, a video piece, uh, which they wouldn't otherwise have done. And they start actually thinking, oh, I can, I can do this. And then they start to become an influencer in their own right, because they've actually, they've got the knowledge, they've got the expertise. There is an audience out there who wants to hear it, but they just haven't really created any content. And so sometimes we've seen influencers emerge because they've started to get the, the, the habit and the, you know, the knack of making this content. And then I think there's there's a um, there's a good sort of bond then between them and the brands and the people that help them kind of become an influencer. So there's like a you know that 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 investment early on in, in building that relationship, helping them get started, can bring a great reward later on when they start to have a bigger audience and you come to them asking them for a favor. They're like, yeah, I remember you guys. You helped me actually get started, and uh, I discovered I'm actually you know good at this. So it's nice to see some of these longer term relationships uh, become really beneficial for both sides. Oh, is that, yeah, has that been true in your, your experience? I mean, have you, have you absolutely. Seen that same thing it, becomes, it becomes mutually beneficial. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, when we when we started the New York Enterprise Report, we literally created influencers for exactly <laughs> the reason that you said. We went to yeah. people who weren't necessarily writers, and uh, in some cases we would ghost write for them, or in some cases they send us a draft, and yeah. the information's great, but uh, it's not written well. Well, we, we have a team of editors that will 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 fix that, and. Um, it, that's that was a, a big part of our success in that we were now able to unleash this really good content and for the for these experts uh, like I said we, we went we, we turned them from experts now into influencers where they were for lack of a better term household names in the in the business community yeah yeah 
It's pretty cool. I even find sometimes funny just the format. You know, this, uh, you might have someone as an expert, but for them to actually sit down and write a blog post, you know, just off their own thoughts, just, you know, they're not, not necessarily a natural writer, um, but you do an interview with them and you just, you know, someone's asking them good questions and suddenly all this magnificent stuff just comes out, just, you know, flows out of their mouth. And, you know, it's actually the interview format sometimes is the way to kind of unlock these pearls of wisdom from these experts um, and just kind of then doing that repetitively over, um, over time, getting them onto panels. Um, there's also like panels, you know, some, someone might not be great with a full 20, 30 minute slot speaking at an event, but you get them on a panel with a couple of other people and there's that format. I think a lot of it's just experimenting with the format, isn't it? Um, just finding a way to get to get those, those nuggets out of those experts so that they can become a, a, a good source of content that, uh, that is easy for them to, to, to create because it's just them sharing their expertise. They don't have to sit down and write something from scratch. Um, so I tell you, I've seen that if anyone listening to this, just if you've got people who've got the knowledge, experiment on trying to find ways to get that knowledge out of them. Yeah, and look, I'll, even, I'll make it even easier because that's exactly what we did. We did it both in print and digital and, and, and in panel events. Panels were very successful because you had usually three or four experts and attendees were like literally running out of paper with only ideas that they were jotting down. So it, it's really, here's some easy questions to ask an expert that will just help you unleash their expertise, which is, look, I would like for you to tell me when you're sitting down with a brand new client, what are they currently doing now and what are you working with them so that when you're done with them, you know, they're now at a much better place, let's say in the, in the area of marketing or finance. And they, they'll just start talking about what they're actually doing with clients. And that's exactly what you want. You want to take that a step further? Well, I'd like you to, I'd like you to, Mr. or Ms. Uh, subject matter expert, micro influencer, I'd like you to, or pre micro influencer, I should say, mm -hmm. yeah. I'd like for you to, to think about the client that's really killing it and, and what is it that you're helping with? What is it that they're doing that's really helping them, you know, crush the competition and see incredible rates of growth? And, and they'll just start talking and there, there's, your, there's your answers there because you're just asking them what they're doing every day. Hmm. And again, if, they're, if they are truly an expert, and that's the big if, uh, all, of the, excuse me, all of that stuff will just come out yeah. when you're asking the right questions. Just one, one last question for you then. Um, sorry to put you on the spot like this, but uh, how, do you, how do you find these experts? Because I mean, obviously there's, there's offline networks, people you just know, but when you're looking online, it's often a real challenge, isn't it? When you see, there are people who have maybe got a large following, they've got, they're an expert on using social media, right? They know how to pump out links to content and they get maybe good engagement. They're not really an expert though. Uh, you know, just on the surface of it, they might look like it, but when you actually get talking to them, they've just got the knack of, you know, regurgitating stuff really from other people. And then maybe hidden behind them, there are people who are not that prolific on social media, don't post a lot, but they're the real experts. They're the ones who know uh, know the, the, the topic. How do you how do you spot one from the other? I mean, how, how have you gone about trying to find experts other than just you know the offline personal network? Which is you know I'm not saying we shouldn't do that, but I think people would, would you know know how to do that. But if you're looking online and you're trying to find new people, uh, any tips for sort of finding out to, uh, how to separate the the ones who are experts on the social media side rather than the actual topic that you care about? Yeah, uh, it's, not, it's not easy. Uh, and it's, if you ask me, if you ask us rather, it's critical that brands learn how to do this and brands start to build up as part of their building their community and their audience, they start to build up a network 
of influencers. Um, so I'll give you an example. We are we uh, did a project for a client in the area of small business finance, and it's I would say let's let's almost call it lower mid sized businesses, upper yeah. ends of, of small business. You're not going to find um, you know you you can't go on Twitter necessarily and find people with hundred thousand followers that are experts in this area. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? First of all, again, over the years we've built up. Uh, it's it's an informal network, but we've built up a network of a lot of uh, a lot of experts. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look for people who have spoken at events. And again, some of these people may not have big, big followings. We're going to also look for people who may have may have written a white paper for their company. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start to search by by topic and see who comes up. And again, this is after we've already looked at our at our the, the our internal network that we've built up over a number of years. So these people have. You know, we do want we do want people that have had some experience in terms of either writing or, or speaking at an event or, or an online event. Um, but uh, you know, it's these are not necessarily in this case certainly for sure not the people that have these very large uh, large followings because this audience that we we're working on for for our client this audience is going to demand is going to. If you give them just that same old routine stuff, you're going to alienate them. And by the way, that can be very damaging for the brand. Yeah. You have to get that real expertise. Yeah. Cool. Did I answer that question? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, lots of really good uh, nuggets there from from you as an expert. Good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, thank you very much for your time, Rob. And um, we'll be uh, we'll be sharing this uh, with uh, with our customers and people that that we we know are interested in this topic area. So hopefully, it'll be a uh, just generally getting people on the right page for uh, for this sort of marketing activity. So thank you. Thanks. Th- thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a real pleasure. Great. Bye bye. Bye bye.